Hey guys, welcome to the Skeleton Garden. This is Cassie. This is Marissa. And we have no Caitlin today, so this is just going to be us. And we've got a spooky story for you. We do, and this is... <laughs> I don't know if you guys could hear that, but that's the fat cat. <laughs> Making his presence known. <laughs> he, he is a black cat, to be fair. <laughs> He's like, you guys are talking about spooky stuff. Like, black cat, I gotta be there. He's like, I have a story. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so this one's gonna kind of touch on a little bit of true crime, because it is a documented case. Um, but it's also paranormal. Mm, I like that. So Marissa, have you heard of the Green Greenbrier ghost? I have not. I've not heard of that. Well, so this is going to be an interesting I'm one, guys. I'm excited to hear it. All right. So I think that we'll probably just jump into this. So the Green Briar Ghost. God, that's going to be really yeah, difficult yeah, to say, guys. Green, Green Briar Ghost. Let's try that again. <laughs> Green Briar Ghost uh, is known as Elva Zona Hester Shoe. What? Yes. She has four names. Her name is Elva Zona Maybe Heaster Shoe. But her last name is Shoe? Yes, but it's S H U E, and okay. that's her married last name. <laughs> okay. And that actually plays a factor because there's going to be a lot of shoes in this story. Um, because, yeah. Okay. <laughs> shoes, not the shoes on your feet, the shoes yes. who the family is. Yes. Okay. Uh, and she goes by Zona. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I like that name. Z O N A. I'm assuming it's Zona. I actually couldn't find a pronunciation of it, but this was also back in the 1800s. Yeah. So there's probably not a lot of records. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we'll get into it. In 1896, Zona met a blacksmith named Erasmus Stribbling Trout. You're making, shoe. <laughs> you're making this shit up. You are making this up. <laughs> Those are not people's names. <laughs> you want to know the best part about it? So again, I will I will clarify. His name is Erasmus Stribbling Trout Shoe. But he goes by Edward. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, can you blame him? It's a mouthful. Jeez. Oh, and why was it like so common for them to have like four or five yeah. names back in like the old times. I don't know. And, and it's weird because now, it, and maybe it was like back in the day, but I feel like now a lot of people don't have middle names. But Actually, that's just like parents' choice. I, like you don't have to give your child a middle name, right? It is so funny that you say this because I was just reading a post on social media today and it was like, why did people decide to give somebody a second name, like a middle name. And it's like a hidden name because you you never use your middle name. Mm -hmm. And why is it always Marie? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. It's literally what the post said, but it it was just hilarious because like it resonated. I'm like, you're right. Why did we choose to give people a middle Mm -hmm. name? But then like you look back in the 1800s and they have like 20 names. So (laughs) the only time my middle name is used is when my mother is calling me Marissa Celeste, and I know I'm in trouble. And she still says it. I'm 28 years old, and when my mother says Marissa Celeste, I'm shaking in my boots because I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> so I don't get my first name often because I go by Cassie. Um, but when my, when I'm in trouble, like my mom says something, she's like Cassidy J. And like the minute that that first name comes, like full mm-hmm. first name, I'm like, hmm, You're like oh shit, yep, shit. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I have. 
I have made mother angry in <laughs> yes. some way. <laughs> All right. So in 1896, Zona met a blacksmith named Edward. Yep. We're going to stick with good old <laughs> Yep, Eddie. we're going to go with Edward. Um, and they married very soon after they met. Like okay. the, their entire timeline, they met in, it was like, August, I believe, mm-hmm. August or September, and they were married by late October, and then, spoiler alert, she winds up dead by, like, February. Oh, I thought you were going to say pregnant. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that took a turn. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's get into this. So, Edward was born in 1861. He's a dark-haired, blue-eyed, large and handsome man. He was known as being very charismatic and charming. He had a muddy past with previous marriages and a short jail stint for stealing a horse. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get around. <laughs> Zona was born in 1876. So doing the math there, I mean, she's 15 years younger than he was. I was, was. going to say there's an age difference there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, she was a pretty young woman. She had short whirlwind romance with Edward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then there are a few other people at play in this story. So I'm going to introduce these people so that when they come up, you know who they are. Okay. So there's Mary Heaster, which is Zona's mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, she never agreed with the relationship, uh, and she was actually the defining force behind solving Zona's death. Uh, she had taken an instant dislike to Edward and often told her daughter that she felt there was something the otherwise amiable man was hiding. Mother's intu- intuition. Yeah. And then there's Anderson Jones, who goes by Andy. Uh, He was the neighbor's son. He was the one that ultimately found uh, Zona. Mm -hmm. Um, Found her dead? Yeah, found her dead. Uh, So we'll get into that, like, when we get to that part of the story. But um, So then a little bit more about Edward. Like I said, he was married prior. Mm -hmm. Um, So his first wife was Ellie Esteline Shue McMillian. Interesting name. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Born Cutlip. What? <laughs> Her born name is Cutlip. What? I was a little confused because Edward's last name is Shu. Yeah. And hers is Allie Esteline Shu, but then McMillian comes at the end. Yeah. So I'm not sure where that comes from. Yeah, okay. Um, so she was born in 1885, and they got married at age 20. Well, she was 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got married in 1885. I'm so sorry. Okay. And then uh, at age 24, Allie was born in... September 8th, 1867, in okay. Rennick, Greenbrier, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. They had one daughter, and her name was Gertrude. I'm not even going to attempt the middle name. Lu- Lucretia? Okay. McLean? Born Shoe. Again, I don't know where these names <laughs> yeah. are coming from. None of them tie to anybody. I'm, I'm guessing McLean was her married name as she got older. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, and then he married... A woman named Lucy Ann Shue, who was born Tritt, uh, in 1894. She was 33 in West Virginia. Lucy was born April 19th, 1878, in Greenbrier County, West Virginia. Uh, and that was their daughter together? No, that was his second wife. Oh, okay. Yep. So uh, Zona, who the story is ultimately about, yeah. is his third wife. Okay, so he's he's just kind of going. Going wife to wife here. Yep. So, as I mentioned, they met in uh, late 1896. It was like September, October when they met, Mm -hmm. and they got married in October. Okay. Um, So, his first wife in marriage with Allie, uh, 
During one particular heated argument, Shu had beaten his wife so badly that she that the townsfolk went to Edward's home and threw him into the Greenbrier River in the dead of winter. Oh. Edward went to jail in 1891 after he was found guilty of stealing the horse, um, and the marriage to her ended up, ended there. Yeah, she she left him. Okay. Uh, so his second wife in 1894 uh, was Lucy, and like Zona. Uh, she died very suddenly. Interesting. Yes. Suspicious. Yes. So he claimed to have accidentally dropped a brick on her head. What? (laughs) (laughs) This is from a movie. I know. How do you accidentally drop a brick on someone's head? Uh, That doesn't happen, but okay, Edward. He claimed to have accidentally dropped a brick on her head while he was making repairs on the roof of their home in Pocahontas County. (laughs) Okay, so he was on the roof. Yeah. There was no investigation into her death, and it was only after the investigation into Zona's uh, possible murder that there had been any speculation that her death may have been the result of Mm -hmm. homicide. Okay. So, then we get to his marriage with Zona. It was very short, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first two months were great, reportedly. Mm -hmm. Nobody says anything otherwise. But uh, after the first two months, Zona felt very ill. I actually, I could not find what she fell ill with, Mm -hmm. but it like took a a massive toll on her. Like she was sick for a while. Um, And then as she began recovering from her uh, illness, her life was ended. So let's get into how Zona died. So Zona's death. On January 23rd, 1897, again, they married in October, yeah. 1896. Wow. January 23rd, 1897. <laughs> uh, Trout had went, I keep calling him Trout. It's, it's Edward. I'm sorry. I keep going by his like. <laughs> one of his. Yeah. One of, other names. one of his other names. Uh, I wrote my note, notes, as, notes as Trout and I should have wrote it as Edward. Uh, so Edward had went to the home of Martha Jones known better as Aunt Martha. He asked if her son Anderson, which is Andy, Mm -hmm. uh, could go to his house to do chores and see if Zona needed anything from the store since she was feeling sick. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a great guy. Until. Yeah. Andy was pretty busy that day and actually doing work for uh, Dr. Knapp, who I forgot to mention, but he plays a big factor in this, obviously. He's the doctor. Yeah. (laughs) They only had like one per town back then. (laughs) So he was the doctor. Uh, so he didn't make it over to Edward's house until later in the afternoon. Once inside, he was horrified to find 23-year-old Zona's lifeless body at the foot of the stairs. She laid there face down, one outstretched arm and legs straight. Yeah. Her other arm was tucked beneath her chest and her head tilted slightly. Andy, not surprisingly, ran home to tell his mother. The local doctor and coroner, Dr. George W. Knapp, was summoned to the house although he didn't arrive for nearly an hour. By that time, Shu had carried his wife's body upstairs and laid her out on the bed. Contrary to local custom, he dressed the corpse himself. So normally back in that day, they, uh, it was the responsible party of the women in the family to okay. get the deceased mm-hmm. presentable for yeah. their services and everything okay. like that. Um, so I actually made a note in it. They were actually responsible for uh, washing and dressing the body mm-hmm. in preparation for the burial. However, Edward took it upon himself to dress Zona in her best clothing. And I use air quotes there. Okay. Um, <laughs> a high-necked, stiff-collared dress covered her neck and a veil was placed over her face. Edward, 
I don't trust you. <laughs> so, so it's important to note what she's wearing. Did you see what the common trend was there? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see if anybody else picks up on him. <laughs> so while Dr. Knapp examined her and tried to determine a cause of death, Edward stayed by his wife's side, cradling her head and sobbing. Because of Edward's obvious grief, Knapp gave the body only a cursory examination, although he did notice some bruising on her neck. Hmm. Okay. I feel like there should have been a little bit more of an investigation. I agree. When he tried to look a little bit closer, Edward reacted so violently that the physician actually ended the examination and he left. He was like, he's uncontrollable. Oh my gosh. He said it. He said it was because he thought that, at first, he thought it was because Edward was so grief-stricken. And yeah. Because at this point now, this is his third wife mm-hmm. and the second one to die, mysteriously. Okay, yeah. So, so, so that's what Dr. Knapp uh, chalked it up to. Okay. Um, oh. Was law enforcement involved in any of this? <laughs> like, did <laughs> anyone call the cops? <laughs> so, or they just called it, hey, we should... We got a dead one. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually they do actually get the cops involved, but the driving force behind getting the cops involved was her mom. Okay. And it, it took a few things mm-hmm. for them to be willing to, okay. I get, to look I, into times it a little were bit. Different. I, to I know it's, that. it's bizarre to yeah. think, cause you know, this is hundred plus years mm-hmm. ago at this point, 130. Um, so, uh, anyways, so when he, like I said, he was uncontrollable, so he decided not to continue the examination. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, he listed her cause of death as everlasting faint. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? You're a nurse. Have you ever heard that? No. Sounds like some bullshit <laughs> made-up thing that so, 500 so, patients come to the ER one day. And they're like, I have everlasting faint. I, I got to get to a room ASAP <laughs> with, and get me a turkey sandwich. <laughs> so, so I did look this up because I was like, what the hell is everlasting faint? It's a heart attack. <laughs> Literally what they called a heart attack back in oh the God. late 1800s was everlasting That's faint. Funny. It's not funny, but... Well, so then what's even crazier is he ends up changing her death certificate from everlasting faint mm-hmm. to then as childbirth. What? Interesting, right? Now, again, they got married in October. This is January. What the fuck? How? So, but she was not pregnant that we know of, right? Not that we know of, no. Who changed that on the... Supposedly the doctor did. That's at least what, what the paperwork says happened. But there was never any like direct inquisition on why. That's bizarre. Or if it really was the doctor that changed it. Who that knows? is another good thought. Um, now the only thing that we do know is um, prior to her being found dead, mm-hmm. she was being treated by the doctor. Now I did tell you she was ill. Yeah. Um, now take it for what it's worth as somebody that has had two babies. Mm-hmm. Morning sickness is a real thing, so maybe could have been something like that. Maybe okay. she was, you know, early pregnant. Yeah. Um, but so uh, the two weeks prior to her death, Nap had treated her for female trouble. Okay. Doctor uh, Nap had sent home some uh, sent some locals that knew the Heaster family out to break the news to Zona's family. Um, and Mary, her mother's face went sullen and dark, and she stated, "The devil has killed her." Yeah. She knows. That, that's fucking you, Edward. You're the yeah. devil. She knows something's up. She she had that intuition. Yeah. You like you said, that? mother's intu- intuition. Yeah. <laughs> Zussie's over here like, yeah, that bitch. Fuck mm. Edward. Um, so Edward was uh, very off during the wake and burial. burial. Jesus. 
Burial. Burial? Burial? Burial. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that got so hard to say. What are you trying to say? Burial. Burial. You're saying like Muriel. (laughs) (laughs) Is it your accent? No, I read it how I wrote it, which is (laughs) B-U-R-I-A-L. So I was like, Burial. And I'm like, that's not right. Burial. And now I can't say it because I convinced myself something else. (laughs) Guys, I'm just stupid. It's okay. Um, His emotions were like all over the place. Like he would drastically change from grieving to like angry. I don't know why, like, anger would not be my default emotion at a wake, even if under the circumstances that she died, like, it would not be anger. It would be grief and sadness. Yeah, he's just acting very suspicious at this point. Yes, for sure. He was kind of before, but that's definitely weird behavior for a funeral. Oh, it gets weirder. Yeah. Yeah, so he was also very guarded of her corpse, not allowing anyone to get too close, despite the fact that it was an open casket. Yeah. He also covered her neck, again, common trend here, in a scarf that did not match the proper attire that she was wearing, but was apparently her favorite. Oh, oh sure. How, how sweet. <laughs> <laughs> he also placed a pillow in her casket so he could prop her head. Uh, he said this would allow her to rest better. Or it's because her neck's floppy from <laughs> something I suspect he may have done. Yeah. Uh, so then the final thing was a lot of people reported that Zona's head had a looseness. <laughs> she got floppy head. <laughs> had a looseness to it while they were transporting it to the cemetery. Uh, this caused a lot of speculation and the rumors began flying, mm-hmm. obviously. Like 1800s, like you're in a town of probably like max 100 people. Yeah. People are talking. <laughs> yeah. And it's getting around. Exactly. So after the wake... Um, Zona's mother, Mary, uh, took the sheet from inside the coffin and tried to return it to Edward, but he refused it. Folding it back up to put it away, she noticed that it had a peculiar odor, so she washed it. Peculiar odor. On a sheet that was in her casket with her? Yes. I would imagine the peculiar odor odor is probably, like, decomposition. Yeah, I was going to say. That that was my guess, but this was something that, like, was avidly noted. It's, like, it had a peculiar odor. Okay. Uh... So she came to believe that what happened next was some sort of strange omen. Mm-hmm. Mary dropped the sheet into the wash, and when she did, the water inside turned red. What? <laughs> now, obviously, there's nothing documented yeah. on this because, like, hearsay. Okay. But supposedly, the, the water, like I said, turned red. Uh, strangely, a few moments later, the sheet turned pink, and the color in the water disappeared. Which, I, I guess that makes sense. I don't know why the water would turn red, but yeah. it would make sense that, like, the color would be absorbed into yeah. the cotton. Mm-hmm. Or I'm under the assumption it was cotton back in the 1800s. Yeah. Um, so she boiled the sheet and hung it outside for several days, but the stain uh, could not be lifted. Weird. She interpreted the eerie blood stains mm-hmm. as a sign that Zona had been murdered. Okay. Again, mother intuition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's got like some freaky like sixth sense here. Yeah, maybe she's psychic. Yeah. Sorry, wet my whistle. Wet <laughs> your whistle. Wet my whistle. Uh, after the strange incident, she began to pray. Every night for the next four weeks, she prayed fervently that her daughter would return to her and reveal the truth about how she had died. According to her story, obviously, again, hearsay, mm-hmm. uh, 
A few weeks later, her prayers were answered. Over the course of four dark nights, the spirit of Zona appeared at her mother's bedside. She would come as a bright light at first, and then an apparition would take form, chilling the air in the entire room. She woke her mother and explained over and over again how her husband had murdered her. Edward had been abusive and cruel and had attacked her in a fit of rage because he thought she had not cooked any meat for supper. This is strangely specific. Like it is. Yeah. Uh, He had savagely broken her neck, and to show this, the ghost of Zona turned her head completely around until it was facing backwards. Oh, my gosh. That'd be absolutely terrifying. Can you imagine (laughs) you're laying in bed? Isn't that like a scene in, I think it's the exorcist that that happens, right? Where the head just spins fully around. Oh, yeah, when she's laying on the bed. I I have never, I've never seen that movie. Really? No. God, that scarred me when I was a kid. Is it? It's the exorcist, not exorcism. It's exorcist. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, The Exorcist. Yeah. Yeah, I've never... I know, like, that scene, because it's so classic, where she, her, she's, like, puking in her head. People do spoofs of it all the time. They put it yeah, in, like, family guy things. but I've never like, actually things. sat down and watched the whole movie. It's a really fucked up movie. Yeah. yeah. People say it, it's, like, the scariest movie that they've ever seen. It's I've sc- just never... Because I... It's so hard for me now to, like, to watch a movie that was made so long ago, because... The I don't, graphics, it's so it's bad. It's cringy. Like I just, for some reason, I don't find myself seeking those, those types of movies. So oh. Aaron and I were literally off topic. Aaron and I were literally just talking about. I feel like people are gonna get mad yeah. at me. <laughs> no, they're gonna get mad at me about what I'm about to say because Aaron and I were literally just talking about this the other day uh, because we were gonna put on a uh, old classic like Disney movie for yeah. uh, JP, uh-huh. and I was like, no, I don't like the classic ones. Like. The graphics are just so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved them when I was a kid, but, like, yeah. now, like, seeing all the remakes, like, mm-hmm. I, I can't stand to watch them. And he goes, well, how about we put on something that's a little bit, like, maybe not, like, Snow White or Cinderella where the graphics are, yeah. like, grainy, but, like, maybe, like, Aladdin. So we ended up watching Aladdin, and even mm-hmm. then, like, I was looking at the graphics, I'm like, well, this one is a lot better than some of the other ones. Like, it's still really tough to watch. But yeah. I also, I watch, like... Um, Family Guy, Simpsons, things like that. I cannot watch like the first like one or two seasons uh-huh. because just the difference. How in the different graphics, they look. Yeah, it, it drives me absolutely yeah, I nuts. Can't do it I can't. I'm like only new, only new versions. Yep. I cannot go back. Simpsons, Simpsons especially. I've watched like all 33 mm-hmm. or 34 seasons, whatever it is, like probably four times through entirely. Yeah. I will not watch like the first five seasons. Futurama. I can watch all of Futurama. I can. I can shoot like I. That is a good show, but it's I just, love Futurama. it's really interesting to see the progression of how, how these characters change in the way that they look over a course of time. Yeah. All right. Well, back to our story. Yep. <laughs> we went on a tangent. A side note. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so you asked if they, like the cops got involved. Yeah. So her mother, Mary, ended up going to the prosecutor and revealed her dreams and what Zona had told her. The prosecutor, John Alfred Preston... Uh, was sympathetic towards the grief-stricken Mary and ultimately agreed to reopen the investigation into her death. So I guess that would mean that there was some sort of investigation. Clearly not a good one. Yeah. So his first thing to do was to send deputies to Dr. Knapp's office, who disclosed that his autopsy of the body was just cursory. So obviously this started like sending up red flags. Yeah. Um, because of this and the rumors around town, they did reopen the investigation and opted to exhume the body of Zona. Okay. We're getting somewhere. Yeah. They're making progress. They are. More than they do nowadays. For real, yeah. <laughs> so. Props. Yeah. Edward was pissed. Like, 
course he is, because he's getting found out. Yeah. He claims it was because they were disturbing her in her peace, not this letting her rest. Full of shit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so he really tried uh, fighting the exhuming of Zona's body, mm-hmm. but the prosecutor stated that if he did not willingly attend the inquest, he'd be forced to attend. Okay. So essentially, like, slap him in handcuffs. Like, no, mm-hmm. you will be here because there are accusations. Yeah. God, old-timey, like, law was just... I mean, granted, I know they made a lot of mistakes yeah. back then, but, like, it's just so justifiable. They're just like, yeah, no, I don't really need a reason. I'm going to slap you in these yeah. handcuffs, and we're going to figure this yeah. shit out. Like, like, I don't care what you have to say. This is what we're doing. Screw your rights. Yeah. Like, let's sit down. We'll hash this shit out for yeah. a little bit, and then, you know, you're either free to go or you're going to uh-huh. be under arrest. Like, yeah. that's what it was. <laughs> Can we do that again? Wild, wild west. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> so I, I literally I made a note in here and I said, and then this piece of shit literally <laughs> made one of the most bold and incriminating oh, no. statements. What does he say? They will not be able to prove that I did it. Oh, God, Edward. <laughs> On record. Dude, he's just in, out here incriminating himself. <laughs> Come on, dude. Oh, God. So because she died in January in West Virginia, the cold weather preserved her body in nearly like a perfect state. So it was super beneficial for the autopsy yeah. because it's like Dr. Knapp was able to examine her like he would have when she initially yeah. died. So that was like a big factor in this. Yeah. Like had they been in Florida, like... Oh, my God, no. Yeah, the body would have been like six months decomposed, yeah. even though it was only like four weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the autopsy lasted three hours. And they began with the vital organs. Normally following the vital organs, they would make an incision that would be made on the back of the head Mm -hmm. so that they could remove the skull and take the brain out. Yeah. Um, They actually never ended up having to do any of that because they found what they needed in the vital organs, obviously. Uh, So one of the doctors performing the autopsy turned to Edward and said, we have found your wife's neck to have been broken. Mm. Yep. So he had to watch them do the autopsy? Yes. Wow. Mary, he stared them. The mother was there as well. What? Yeah. I. All I can really picture, and obviously I don't know how they did it back in the day, but like all I can picture is, do you ever watch like the hospital shows yeah. when they have the surgery mm-hmm. and like they have like the people that are observing the surgery up and like this, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's all I'm literally picturing <laughs> when I like was doing research on this story. I'm, why am I picturing them? Like literally standing with with the body, like right next to the the examiner. Why am I picturing them all to like just? They're all just together. huddled around the That's table. That's what I pictured. Why did I picture that? See, and then I pictured like this, like stands like, like a, a stadium. Yeah. <laughs> no, in my version, they're all. Edward, can you hand me the scalpel? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Why? Hey, you, you want you want in on this? Like, <laughs> yeah. here, who wants you, a heart? You make the first cut. <laughs> what the fuck? I have problems. <laughs> wild, wild west, except yeah. in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. So, um, after the doctor announced this, Edward literally dropped his head, almost in a sense of exasperation, mm-hmm. and under his breath, he whispered, "They cannot prove that I did it." Again incriminating as can be so her neck Mm. her neck was broken the windpipe was mashed wow yeah there were bruises on her neck that were clear indications by of choking by fingers and hands Mm -hmm. the neck was dislocated between the first and second vertebrae wow the ligaments were torn and ruptured and the finding of the autopsy were publicized immediately and the public unrest ensued 
People he, were fucking livid. I mean, the amount of pressure it would take to cause that kind All of that damage. damage. Mm-hmm. He had to have been just in a fucking rage. Edward. Was he a strong... Was he, like, a big, like... He was a big guy, but he wasn't, like... He... I, I couldn't find, like, his exact height, but mm-hmm. he, like, in the pictures that I've seen of him, he was actually a creepily good-looking. Yeah. It, like, you can look at him, and it's, like... And, and maybe it's, like, the hindsight of knowing, like, how shitty of a person Ted Bundy was. I but, was like, just going to say, like, Ted Bundy. He's yeah, so, like... like, charming-looking and... Yeah, and, like... But, like, you could also see, like, now that, like, there was something hidden. Yeah. Yeah, like, you can definitely see that. And I'll, I'll post a picture on uh, the Instagram. Yeah. But... And there's only a few pictures, obviously, you know, back then. Yeah. Um, but there's, like, two or three of Zona. Mm-hmm. One of them is, like, awful. And she's, like, supposed to be very, very beautiful. Okay. And I saw this one picture, and I was like, damn, girl, that's not flattering. <laughs> like, oh, no. girl, you... <laughs> yeah. It, it's... Cringy. I would like to see that picture. Her picture with Edward, because they have a picture together, Mm -hmm. they both look very attractive. And they actually look like a cute couple. Okay. Um, But you can tell that in the picture that he is larger than she is. And she wasn't known to be, like, a tiny little woman either. Okay. Um, So that's probably the best way I can explain it. Okay. But also, thinking back to how she was found, now whether that was placed, she was placed that way, but she also could have, you know, received some of those damages by, like, post-mortem if he like threw her down the stairs or something yeah yeah definitely. so it could have been something along those lines why there was so much damage mm-hmm. but there was a lot of damage yeah. like regardless like that's a lot of damage um so edward was arrested and charged with murder and he was locked up in jail in lewisburg well a lot of the evidence was circumstantial at best i mean mm-hmm. come on ghosts yeah. <laughs> ghosts coming to you in your yeah <laughs> into your dreams uh he was indicted by a grand jury and was formally arraigned for murder he entered a plea of not guilty. The trial began on June 22nd, 1897. June 22nd is actually one of my best friend's birthdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and numerous people from the community testified against him. The highlight of the trial, of course, came with the appearance of Zona's mother, Mary. Preston put her on the stand as both stand as both the mother of the dead woman and also the first person to notice the unusual circumstances of Zona's death. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make sure that she appeared both sane and reliable. For this reason, he skirted the issue of the ghost because it was bound to make her appear yeah. irrational mm-hmm. and also because it was inadmissible evidence because yeah. there's no way to prove it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the teller of the story in this case, Zona, because mm-hmm. she came as a ghost, uh, could obviously not be cross-examined by the defense, mm-hmm. and so her testimony would be hearsay under the law. Okay. So they just... He didn't want to do it. But yeah. unfortunately for Edward, which... I say, unfortunately, it's not unfortunately. Mm. Like, rotten hell, dude. Yeah. Um, his attorney decided to ask Miss Keister uh, about her ghostly sighting. Okay. He did it in a hopes to make her seem crazy yeah. and just like a, you know, hell-bent, vengeful woman mm-hmm. because yeah. she just had this thing against him, their entire sure. relationship, even though it was short. Yeah. Um, it seemed obviously that seemed obvious that he was trying to do it to make her look ridiculous to the jury as well. Yeah. Um, he characterized her visions as a mother's ravings and worked hard to admit that she might have been mistaken about what she allegedly saw. He continued to badger her, her for quite some time, but she never wa- uh, wavered in her descriptions of Zona's ghost, mm-hmm. nor about what the specter had told her about Edward's guilt. When the defense counsel realized that the testimony was not going the way that he wanted, he dismissed her. 
So really? it, it did not work in his favor. Yeah. Like, the, the jury was, like, hanging on by a thread, like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, by that time, the damage was done, though. Yeah. Uh, because the defense ha- and uh, not the prosecution had introduced the testimony about the spirit, the judge had a hard time telling the jury to exclude it. Yeah. I mean, There's obviously, no yeah. <laughs> Who's going to argue it, you know yeah. what I mean? Especially if it's in the favor of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the people. Like, nobody's going to argue that. Yeah. Uh, it was apparent that most of the people in the community believed that uh, Mary had seen her daughter's ghost. Mm-hmm. So, despite Edward's eloquent, eloquent testimony in his own defense, mm-hmm. he he had a lawyer, but for the most part, like the court records, like he defended himself a lot. Okay. Like he did a lot of self representation, even mm-hmm. though he had a lawyer. Okay. Although. Again, I don't know what a lawyer would have done back in yeah. the 1800s. Like, <laughs> Who knows? do you go? Do they go to school for it back then? I don't. I. It's probably just somebody from the question. community that was yeah. just like, "Hey, dude, hey, I got you. You're the lawyer. You're the cop. You, I mean, it's I like, don't know. It's like playing cops and robbers yeah. when you're a kid, like assigning yeah. positions. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I said, the a lot of the jury and the crowd that actually came to witness the trial and everything, they all. They believed Mary. Yeah. Um, the family actually had a really good reputation. Like I said, a small town. Like, mm. everybody knew him. Yeah. Um, so, ten of them voted that he to be he was to be hanged. Hung? Hung. Yeah, hung. Um, which spoke volumes about Mary's believability as a witness. Yeah. Without a unanimous verdict of death, though, uh, he was just sentenced to life in prison. Yeah. So, one person literally opted not to mm-hmm. find him guilty. Uh, the sentence did not satisfy everybody in Greenbrier County. And on July 11th, 1897, a citizens group of anywhere from 15 to 30 men assembled eight miles west of Lewisburg to form a lynching party. I was going to say, this is about to... <laughs> the people are going to take this in, into their own hands. Yeah. I mean... Not, Different times. Not, yeah, not, not the worst thing in this case. I mean, It's not justice. always the best thing either, but like in this case, it justice seems justified. Zona. Um, so the articles that I was reading about this, they made a point to like really state that the, uh, group of people that were going to form the lynching party, mm-hmm. they went out and purchased a new rope. Okay. <laughs> it couldn't be an old rope. Yeah. It had to be a new rope. They're like, we're, we're, we're doing this the right way. And they were really well armed. Um, and they started heading towards the jail. So a man named George M. Hera, uh, alerted the sheriffs to what was going on. Yeah. Um, and Edward uh, was, that Edward was going to be lynched. So the deputy sheriff, Dyer, <sighs> took him and pretty much like hid him in the woods so that they could disband this group of people okay. that were coming to lynch him. Wow. Yeah. Like they literally hid him in the woods. <laughs> and it, <laughs> but it was like a mile or so away from but the. But he was in jail, wasn't he? Yes. At this point? Yes. So they took him out of jail. Into the woods. <laughs> well, I'm I'm under the assumption that probably like I'm just thinking like I guess I have to think in a different well like perspective because jails then we're not maximum. They had like yeah. a sheriff that stood yeah. on duty. Like okay. well, think about um in the uh the first episode that we covered yeah. the old jail museum. Like think about like that. Okay. It probably wasn't that does even put it in perspective. It probably me. wasn't even as big as that yeah. because this they would town be easily be able. Yeah, this town only had like they, their jail probably had like actually he was in a prison, but still yeah. the it probably had like drunken idiots in it. Right. It was probably like the local bar person sleeping mm-hmm. off their their drunken stupor yeah. from the night before. Okay. Like 
they probably didn't have like a lot of like prisoners or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that I would imagine, mm-hmm. but yeah, they took him out of the prison and like a mile or so out, and they hid him in the woods with okay. a sheriff while well, somebody guess, went to disband him. Now they don't know where he is, so they'd have to look harder to like find him. So that makes yeah. sense. So eventually, they did like disband this group of people, mm-hmm. um, and Edward was moved to this, to the West Virginia State Penitentiary on July fourteenth, where he lived for the next three years. Mm-hmm. He died on March 13th, 1900, from one of the epidemics that swept through the prison that spring. At the time, the prison commonly buried unclaimed remains in the nearby uh, Tom's Run Cemetery, for which no records were kept until the 1930s. Thanks to this, there's no trace of him that can be found today. Oh, wow. He's buried there somewhere, but, like, he was unclaimed. It's unmarked. Yeah, he was unclaimed, so he's just literally in a mass grave with, like, you know, however many people died for whatever the epidemic was that was going around at that time. Like... Um, so Mary lived to tell her tale to all who would listen. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, 16 years after Edward died, mm-hmm. uh, sh- uh, she ended up passing away because of her age and she yeah. never recanted her story about her daughter's ghost. Yeah. She stood firm I the entire time. Believe that. I mean, how, how would she be so specific? Like you said about that. It was and be making, she's not, it was oddly specific. I fully believe she saw her daughter that night. I think so. I too. mean, several nights she over the she course came. of four yeah. weeks yeah mm-hmm. I, be- I believe her yeah so as far as zona goes her ghost was never seen again you know granted her ghost was only ever seen by her mother but yeah, she was well, never seen again it makes sense because she's, at, she, rest. she's at rest yeah she yeah. got her justice mm-hmm. um but she's left a haunting in a historical mark on greenbrier county okay it is one that is still being felt today in fact a roadside marker along route route 60 mm-hmm. jesus i cannot speak <laughs> uh still commemorates the the case it reads really yeah it, it reads interred in nearby cemetery is zona heaster shoe her death in 1897 was presumed natural until her spirit appeared to her mother to describe how she was killed by her husband edward autopsy on the exhumed body verified the apparition's account edward found guilty of murder was sentenced to the state prison only known this is the only known case in which testimony from her ghost has helped convict a murderer that's on that's a on black a, yep. on the side on that's route 60 cool. in uh greenbrier county that is West really Virginia. cool yeah i'd love to see that that'd be amazing and she did you say she supposedly like no or no no one's seen no her. nobody's no one seen, seen her. her nobody's okay. literally seen her since wow. her mother's apparitions of her this is, that is, so this is one of the only cases, uh, and I did like vast research on this because mm-hmm. I was like very curious if yeah. there were other cases like this. This is the only one where a ghost actually helped solve their own murder. Wow. Yeah. That is cool. To, to an average person. I did find other ones where mediums helped solve yeah. cases and things like that, where they were supposedly led on to like the answers mm-hmm. by like the victim. Um, so, I mean, I guess that kind of counts, but this yeah, is the this one is where the ghost the, herself, yeah, the ghost came directly to mm-hmm. a person and the person was pretty much her, yeah. their advocate. That is so cool. It was a really cool, I, I saw that and I was like, I got to tell that story. Like, yeah. it's so cool. I like that. Literally all I can think about though is did people go to law school? And they, <laughs> like, I have to, it's bothering me. So I need to look it up right now. Right. Hold on while we look this up. <laughs> All right, we looked it up. We got our answer. Uh, so Google says, until the late 19th century, law schools were uncommon in the United States. Most people entered the legal profession through reading law, a form of independent study or apprenticeship, often under the supervision of an experienced attorney. 
So, the so no, of, there was not law school in the 1800s. Yeah, they, they kind of just handled it like they handled everybody. It's like, you know, you chose what you wanted to do or you were born into it. Mm-hmm. And then you followed along under somebody like a mentorship and or like that said, an apprenticeship, like blacksmiths and things like that. And I'm looking up, did, did people go to medical school in the 1800s? Or was that just like a self-elected <laughs> position too? I feel like I'm a doctor today, so. <laughs> so by the 1800s, only three medical schools existed in the U.S. Hmm. Um, let's see. This question asks, what was medical school like in the 1800s? And then the answer says, in this time period, there were no residencies or even pre-med pre pre-med prerequisites instead prospective doctors would be lectured in a classroom with little to no hands-on experience in the field <laughs> so there we go so, so that explains it dr knapp why you were okay with just doing a cursory glance yeah he's like over. Yeah, we're good yeah i might go back home i can i can see what's going on i don't feel like dealing with this emotional man <laughs> yeah. I'm like yeah this 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 is not part of my job title <laughs> I just say that somebody's dead. Mm-hmm. I, I write their de- death certificates, yep. like... Put my signature at the bottom. Ew. He just bit me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no one's paying attention to me. Ooh. I've been meowing for, like, 20 minutes. Just, we hear you. He just bit my hand. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'll do it again. <laughs> so that is the story of the Greenbrier ghost. That was really good. I liked that. I know when I when I saw this story, I was like, "And I've got to do that one." Like because good combo of true crime and paranormal. I perfect, yeah, like I perfect like mix of it. Mm-hmm. I have a few of them that I've done like some research on that yeah. are that are like that, where okay. it's like a mix of like true crime and paranormal. Not quite in the sense of this, obviously, yeah. but like okay, a lot of hauntings that are due to murders and things like that that are unsolved. Yeah. Okay, and, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah, like I have to tell those. Yeah, so there's one. It's sneak peek of it because we'll eventually do it um but there's this bar uh that a woman was last seen at oh goodness why don't (laughs) it's a zoo over here (laughs) right now i have two cats and two dogs (laughs) and two kids oh my god uh um but so the the bar uh there's this woman there that was notorious for going out there Mm -hmm. um and she this is the last place that she was ever seen. And okay. then like a week later, her body turned up like not far away from it, but that was the last place she was ever seen and nobody ever saw her leave. Okay. So they say that her ghost still haunts the powder room. Mm-hmm. Um, and her ghost is like notorious for doing things to people okay. that were done to her. Really? That they found like after they uh, autopsied her and whatnot, like they found that she was like strangled. And so like people will often feel like they're being strangled. Oh my gosh, They'll feel like they're scary. being pushed down the stairs, mm-hmm. which they assume that she was pushed down the stairs yeah. to get her out of the building at one point. Wow. Yeah. So I've, I've got some good stories like that. Yeah. I, I've found a couple of them. So. Yeah. I think the next couple of stories that I'll tell um, one one of the first year residents at the hospital, hospital, hospital. It's not even that late. <laughs> well, it's like it's not nine o'clock. But um, one of the first years, I was telling him about the podcast, and he said, "You've got to do the Portland underground tunnels," and he kind of gave me like a premise of the the story, and and it's it's really interesting. He he lived in Portland, I. I think for a short, peri- short period of time, but I'll have to ask him if he's ever gone down. Yeah. Cause I can't remember if he said he's ever gone into the underground tunnels. Actually, I don't even know if you can. 
I'll have to clarify, you, but it sounds really, really interesting. I was saying, you would be really surprised, though. So one of the other stories that I was showing you prior to starting this that I was deciding which one I wanted to cover today. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll cover this one in another one, but it's called Sloss Furnaces, uh, and it's, it takes place in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So the place is not in operation anymore, but they run like, or they did. They used to run ghost tours out of it. Yeah. Um, and they invented their own ghosts, so there's a little bit of legend behind it, but then, okay. but the legend is based off of true stories that happen nearby mm-hmm. and but some of the like the accounts are very true yeah and there's irrefutable refu- we're having trouble with words today. oh goodness <laughs> irrefutable yeah uh proof mm-hmm. that's like been caught on cameras like n- nationally like broadcasted like shows things really? like that where like things are happening okay um yeah so uh but the place, like, you can go to it now just as, like, a person and tour it. Mm-hmm. And part of it has, like, these underground tunnels. And it still has, like, equipment that down there from mining the ore. Okay. Uh, and you can go down and, like, there's people that go down in these tunnels and they take pictures with, like, this heavy machinery. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like that'd be a liability. Oh, but... my God. Yeah. You for sure have to sign a waiver for that. <laughs> I don't know who runs it anymore. Like, I don't know. Oh, I... so you, these are people just, like, sneaking down there? I don't, I don't know if they're, I don't think they're sneaking down there because it's, like, it's all over the place. Like, people, like, highly publicize this like and they're doing it like in the broad daylight so like but the place is deemed like a national landmark yeah so somebody's gotta be running it but like i don't think it's anybody that owns the property anymore it must just be like the city or something because it's a landmark like i don't think somebody can own a landmark can they like it has to be owned by the city i feel like yeah I don't know. Correct us if we're wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Correct us. I don't know how that works. <laughs> it gives me... I didn't go to law school, guys. <laughs> yeah. We're just hanging on. Like a thread over here. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, it gives me... Um, what's that movie? At, As Above, So Below. Have you seen that? I don't think so. Let me... You had to have seen it. I'm going to pull up the... The synopsis? Yeah. In the picture. Because you might recognize the uh, cover. As above, so below. Is that what I said? Yeah. That doesn't ring uh, like a bell to me at all, but... If you haven't watched it, I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) What's your idea? So we're both... I'm going to rewatch it because I have not seen it in forever. Okay. You're going to watch it, Mm -hmm. and then we can talk about it. I like that. So you know how I was telling you about... No, I don't think... Paris Catacombs? No, I don't think I've seen that. insane. It looks good just and from, like, the, this, the cover photo. So what we were talking, like, the underground stuff, it gives me as above, so below vibes, and also Catacombs the Catacombs in general scary. You've I seen do, the Descent. Yes, I've seen that, that one. That is scary. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So remember, I'm going to watch this tonight. I'm going to figure out where it's streaming and watch it. So remember I was telling you that uh, Zona has a very unflattering picture of herself? Yeah, let me see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... Those bangs. I, I don't know if they're bangs. Bangin'. I don't know what they are. Um, maybe I'll post this one too, just because it, it's interesting. But here's the picture of them together. And like I said, this is where like you can tell that he's a little bit larger than her. Okay. Um, like I said, she's not a small person. Um, and she looks a lot prettier here. And mm-hmm. he's a good looking man as well. Okay. But you can see it in his eyes, right? Like he does seem like there's something he, off. Yeah. It, and it, it's like all in the eyes. He's cute though. <laughs> yeah, he, he was he was attra- he was an attractive man. Here's another here's another one of him. He's almost cross-eyed, I think. Yeah, he his eyes are very very much telling me. They're very telling, especially Not knowing. Mentally stable. Yeah, especially knowing like the story. Especially he had two wives that died. Yeah, and they beat one so severely. Yeah, he and then looks he stole a horse. Like he's got no soul. 
behind those eyes. Yeah. He, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll post these ones. He's, like I said, not a bad-looking guy, no, but you can definitely all, tell that there is a... His character ruins it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that is the story of the Greenbrier Ghost. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did when I was learning about it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. <laughs> I love it. Great story. Yay! Claps for Cassie. Yeah, claps for Cassie. <laughs> I used to say that all the time in like high school. Oh We're bringing it back. Now I, need a, now I need a catchphrase for when I do my stories. Yes, uh, now we're going to say claps for Cassie every single time yes, I tell a story. Yes. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.